This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again, true pilot stories from the world of general aviation. In this episode, it's nice having a deep-voiced controller to save your bacon when you're icing up in hard IMC in the mountains. Ride along in You Can't Use That Flying IFR by Jim Helsper, Jr., My father and I, along with three passengers, were on the last leg of a long weekend trip to Baja, California in February 1996. My father had bought the 1976 A-36 Bonanza in 1984. He had flown November 329er Juliet Hotel extensively for more than a decade. The airplane is a long-distance cruiser and a pleasure to fly. We had flown to Mexico dozens of times. We cleared U.S. Customs at Calexico International Airport without any issues. An A36TC Bonanza was parked next to us. I spoke with the pilot about his intentions for the next flight. He looked at the sky that looked like 4,500 broken and said since he was going back to Fullerton, he would be flying the southern route to San Diego and then up the coast. The mountains were lower, flying the Banning Pass between Palm Springs and San Bernardino couldn't be rough when the winter storms blew through Southern California. My father and I discussed our flight plan. I suggested the Southern route, but that would mean we would have to cross the Los Angeles International Airport traffic to get to Bob Hope Airport in Burbank. So my father decided, let's fly the pass. We would take off and get an IFR clearance en route. I would fly from the right seat, and he would handle the radios. We loaded up our passengers and switched on the engine, and I proceeded to turn on the avionics. As I reached for the power switch on the Apollo GPS, my father said, We can't use that for IFR flight. It's not certified. Use the VORs. So I set up for the outbound leg from the Imperial VOR, and then tuned the thermal VOR on the second NAVCOM. I knew we would get a clearance that would take us to an intersection, avoiding restricted areas to the west and to the north. Flying the Banning Pass would require flying a few more intersections until we were well within the Los Angeles area when flight vectors would be the norm. 
We took off and climbed a few thousand feet, and my dad said, take her up to within 500 feet of that layer while I call for a clearance. Radio reception was poor at low altitudes, and we zoomed along watching the clouds roll overhead for about 10 minutes. Getting the clearance with the expected routing, we were cleared to 12,000. Soon we were in IMC, catching a glimpse of the ground once in a while, and then solid IMC. We were flying into the teeth of a cold front. I established my scan, watching the second VOR, waiting for the intersection. Then ATC called and said to turn left immediately and intercept the thermal VOR. We looked at each other. We hadn't reached the intersection. Why did we have to turn? But turn I did. I twisted the OBS to the required radial and started to track on that. Probably some military traffic. Yeah, that's it. A few minutes later, we passed Thermal and started toward Palm Springs VOR. It was to be a fairly short hop and then outbound toward another intersection and the Banning Pass. But things started to unravel. First, ATC cleared us to 14,000 feet, but we hadn't reached 12,000 yet. The front passing over the mountains was causing a respectable downdraft on the leeward side. Even with all the power the IO-520 could muster, we were barely making any progress at 11,500. Next, ATC called and said we were three miles right of course and instructed us to turn left and intercept the airway. Thoughts of Mount Jacinto, taller than 11,000 feet and to the right of us, passed through my head as I took a quick glance at the windshield. Ice. My father and I noticed the ice on the windshield simultaneously, and we both reached for the pitot heat, our fingers colliding as we flipped the switch. The airspeed indicator went to zero, and I pushed down a little on the oak to make sure we didn't get close to stall. Now we were not climbing, and while the airspeed needle recovered quickly, the ice on the windshield was still there. But of course, it did not end there. ATC called again, climb and maintain 14,000, and you are now left, of course. My father and I looked at each other in disbelief. The needles were centered. The gyro compass matched the magnetic compass. Something major was wrong here. Niner Hotel Juliet requests lower altitude, my father radioed. Negative, climb and maintain 14,000, ATC said. Now we were on the west side of the pass and in an updraft. No problem climbing now. More than 1,000 feet per minute was showing. Pull back the power a bit, trim the nose down, but what was happening with the navcoms? We were in IMC with mountains on either side, and who knew how much ice had accumulated on the airfoils? Then a slow, deep voice called us on the ATC frequency. Okay, Niner Juliet Hotel, just do what I tell you. Whatever your course indicates, just turn how much I tell you and fly whatever that new course is, okay? Now, turn right five degrees, fly whatever that shows on the compass. Okay, Niner Juliet Hotel, you can descend to 8,000 and turn left 10 degrees. That deep voice sounded very reassuring. My father had long since isolated the intercom so that only he and I could hear, so I turned and asked him, what about the ILS? There was no answer. We would just have to wait and see when we got to Burbank. More turns as we vectored to intercept the Burbank ILS and then cleared to descend to 3,000 feet. We remained on the same frequency with the same deep-voiced controller. 
We broke out of the clouds at 4,500, and there was runway 8 at Burbank, about 10 miles away. Niner Juliet Hotel has the runway in sight. The deep voice said, Contact Burbank Tower, have a nice day. Touchdown, roll out, and park the airplane in the hangar. As the three passengers left with my father, one turned back and said to me, I noticed you were doing the flying. Nice job. I struggled to keep from shaking when I waved back. The next day, my father flew the airplane VFR to an avionics shop in Van Nuys. The manager flew with him to troubleshoot the problem. As they taxied out, he said, There's your first problem. The mag compass is bad. Not just bad, but 30 degrees bad. Dirt runways in Baja are not the place you would line up and check, but neither of us had bothered to check at Calexico. In the air, he noticed that the RNAV system was acting up. The power switch had failed to on, and even though we thought it was off, it was sending spurious signals to the VORs. No wonder we were all over the sky. Back on the ground, the manager asked why we hadn't turned on the Apollo GPS. Yes, why hadn't we? My father has long since passed away, and now I own Niner Juliet Hotel. My solution was to get an IFR-certified GPS and pitch the RNAV. Weather.gov is my most frequented bookmark, and I spend a lot of time trying to understand the weather. Reading the forecast discussion is a daily routine, along with a host of other products available to all. The only thing I forgot to do was find out the name of that controller to thank him. The Never Again Podcast is brought to you by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out FlyQ, AOPA's integrated flight planning software, as well as the many free online training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely. <laughs>